Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team passed its first road test of the season on Saturday, ending the program's long drought in Iowa City. How did Michigan do it? And can this team run it back in the Big Ten and get to the playoff again? We discuss coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, going to be talking with you here Monday morning, uh, October 3rd. First road game of the season after four straight home games for Michigan uh, at Iowa this past Saturday. Uh, which meant, you know, we did not watch together for the first time all season. Aaron was in Iowa City in the press box. Uh, first trip there. Aaron, what did you make of, of Iowa City and Kinnick Stadium? Well, it was fun. It reminded me a little bit of Nebraska and Wisconsin, those Big Ten West teams that like, Iowa is interesting, right? Because it's in a state where it doesn't really have a professional sports team. So they kind of yep. cling to their college teams and especially football. So they've really dedicated fan base it was a good atmosphere um very polite folks it reminded me a lot of nebraska um stadium wasn't nearly as big um maybe the fan base wasn't nearly as rabid but it was it was a good environment it was fun um iowa city was a very very clean very uh well-to-do town kind of on the smaller end but uh well worth a trip if you're you know looking for a, a you know a lower cost uh road trip i was uh i was in atlanta the, the mets put out the bat signal that they needed me and I couldn't, I couldn't come through for them though. Then I left and no, nothing changed on, on Sunday night. So uh, just very disappointed Nets fan here, uh, the way the regular season is coming to an end, but you know, what do you do? So that means they're going to have to start on the road in the wild card if they don't win the division. No, they will be, they will be the home team for that. Um, Cause yeah, they've got the best, best record. They will not play a division winner. They'll play the Padres. I think is who they're set to, to play right now. So um, they have a better record than them. So three three home games against them and then the Dodgers right away. But it's a five-game series, so maybe that's better. I don't know. I'm trying to talk myself into positive thinking here as we end in the regular season. But, uh, yeah, this is not a Mets podcast. This is not Mets confidential. Uh, Ryan was here in Michigan watching as well. So we, we've got... Before we get into the game really quick, can I tell our listeners who I saw in the hotel lobby in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, yeah, before the sure. game, we we do already know. So yes, tell them. I've, I've had, so I've had my share of celebrity run-ins in hotels before. I ran into Michael Vick one time. I've seen politicians. You know, you just do that on the road in, in these big cities at at nicer hotels. So 
back backyard inside baseball, so to speak. When Michigan goes on the road for road games, typically it's difficult for anyone to get a hotel in the city where Michigan is playing, just because a lot of these towns are college towns, they're smaller and the like. So for the Iowa game on Saturday, I had to stay in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is about 30 minutes north of Iowa City. No big deal. So I go in, I get into town Friday afternoon. I'm in the lobby to check in. And behind me, I hear a guy talking to another guy. The guy he was talking to happened to be the head coach of the U.S. hockey national hockey team. Um, they were apparently staying at the hotel there. Um, but the guy who, who he was talking to looked, he had his black hair, slick back, kind of looked like a, a, like a rock star, like a musician type person. I didn't know who it was at that point. So I hear him talking and then I turn around, I, you know, I'd go about my business at the front desk, checking into my room and the like, well, I get checked in, I turn around and I see fans walking in with signs like poster size signs asking this guy for autographs. So I'm thinking, okay, this guy must be kind of a big deal. And I'm, I'm not a rock guy. I don't really listen to rock music. So I didn't know who it was at the time. So I'm, I'm moseying back to my room. I'm thinking, who is that guy? So I look up to see who was playing that, that night in Cedar Rapids, which, you know, the, if you know Cedar Rapids, there are a ton of music venues around. And it was Alice Cooper, who Detroit former Detroit rock star. He's in his 70s now. Um, my parents are more familiar with him than, than I was. Uh, but yeah, it was Alice Cooper. He ended up staying at the hotel. His, his uh, tour buses were parked in the parking lot outside. And then I, you know, I proceeded to leave the hotel maybe an hour later to go find some food. And there are fans standing in the the parking lot seeking autographs. So it was a quite a quite an interesting sighting. Now he seemed like a nice guy. He was well, he was talkative and everything else. So well, you know, he seemed like a, some of those you know those celebrities get bad rubs. He he seemed like a good dude. No uh, autograph request for for the M Live Michigan beat reporter. So I, I did not know. School's out for someone. <laughs> yes, that's him. Yes, among other many yes, others. Okay, He's, I, yeah, I looked I mean, and I went back and looked. He's got like. A ton of albums. I mean, he's 74 or 75. The guy's still touring, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, wow. How about that? All right. Well, yeah, let's let's get into this game. So uh, I mean, well, let's break it down right from the start here. Iowa wins the coin toss, defers, puts its number one defense out on the field uh after you know the the touchback for the kickoff. Michigan does this. Gains of four yards, seven, seven, six, fourteen, three, six, two. Finally, no gain on an incompletion, then 10 and a 16-yard touchdown run for Ronnie Bell. Statement made, tone set, whatever you want to say. This seemed to me like, all right, this game is going to be different. Uh, the, you know, dominant Michigan offense versus the dominant Michigan defense. You know, round one goes to Michigan, and, and this is how this game is going to go. That's, that's how I felt watching that. Yeah, and the incomplete pass was to Ronnie Bell. wasn't even looking. He was wide open. Right. It, it <laughs> probably it might have went for a score. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that that drive went from maybe an A plus to an A. But yeah, it was very systematic. I mean, uh, it was perfect. I mean, it was kind of what you draw up. You know, we joke, but you know, the, the coaches literally sit down ahead of these games and map out the first drive, the first ten to fifteen plays, script them out, so they know what they're going to do. And that's why a lot of times you see you see such such success offensively with teams because you know everything's planned at least scripted at the beginning and mm-hmm. michigan scripted it and they did they executed to a t and it was the, like you said it was a type of drive you needed on the road against arguably one of the better defenses in the country maybe not so now um but yeah it was it was the perfect start to what ended up being you know uh, i hesitate to use lopsided game but it was one that michigan was in control of from from beginning to just about end yeah michigan wins 27 14 the final yeah i mean i'd say it was 
you know, uh, you know, Michigan obviously scored a late touchdown, but Iowa scores a, a very late one with eight seconds left. So, you know, in the end, Michigan scores, you know, four of its first five drives goes up 20 nothing early in the third. Um, you know, Iowa scores on the first play of the fourth and eventually did have two possessions, you know, without Michigan scoring there to, to get closer, but, you know, failed, failed to do so. Um, so, yeah, this was. This was a very, very strong performance, you know, on the road against a good team, not a great team, but a good one. Um, you know, we usually we usually start talking about the quarterback. So let's do that now. J.J. McCarthy. Um, I don't know. I, I joked afterwards. He was, he was almost kind of kind of boring, but just so, you know, brutally efficient against an Iowa team. That's like the perfect recipe for success. 18 of 24, you know, not much running. But again, it's possibly because, you know, Cade McNamara is out still. Um, but no turnovers. That was the big thing. Yeah, I think he curtailed the running. Yeah, to avoid the turnovers and the mistakes that that kind of you know beset him in the week before against Maryland when he had those two fumbles. Yes, he fumbled once. Um, I think you're going to get that with him this year. I mean, that's become apparent as part of his game. He's going to lose the football at some point. Um, but like Jim Harbaugh said afterwards, you just got to limit him. I mean, you can't make you can't you know do it more than once. Um, luckily for Michigan, they've fallen on there. It seems like every fumble he's had. Um, so he's been very cognitive and aware of of what he's doing. But yeah, he, I thought he was fine. Um, and I wrote after the game, he, he kind of matured in some ways. He didn't make those ton of mistakes. He did overthrow a deep ball, and he did cough that fumble up. But nothing that really um, hurt Michigan too much. Um, and and you saw him, I think, second guess some stuff. I, that one that one touchdown throw to Donovan Edwards. I think I, I JJ a couple of games ago might have tried to run that in himself. And either got hit really hard or, or coughed it up or whatever the case might be, and he made the smart decision and and uh, and threw Donovan who was wide open in the end zone. And Jim Harbaugh, he said that was a perfect example of him too. So I, they really worked with him in the, in the week leading up to the game and about and JJ talked about this after the game, his footwork and his decision making and, and all those things. And I thought he looked better, um, not perfect. I mean, again, I remember he's only a sophomore; it's going to take some time. But um, in a in a road environment like that, in a game with that much importance. Uh, you know, he played winning football. Yeah, the the only real criticism right now is he's got still got a little bit of the Joe Milton's going on, overshooting uh, his receivers on, on the deep balls. He had another one, I think it was to Roman Wilson. It's like there was he was wide open, would have been an easy score. Uh, I think they ended up still scoring on that drive, but um, yeah, other than that, I mean, when I was shocked how how well they were able to run the ball against the the Iowa front, to be honest. I mean, I, I did not expect Blake Corum to get another 29 carries <laughs> to give him 59 over the last two games. And, and for the most part, he was largely successful. I think Donovan Edwards being back uh, was a, a nice little wrinkle for the offense. Um, yeah, overall, a, a pretty, except for a couple three and outs there in the second half, overall, a pretty solid performance from from the offense. And the Michigan defense. I mean, this is an Iowa team that we we talked about this plenty going in. They were just not not very good offensively, but they were still a team that you knew was going to to try to run the ball. Um, and you know, at at home they'd had some success, uh, you know, doing so, but not not against Michigan. I mean, no one you know in particular could could really get going. You know, eventually they you know they threw the ball thirty one times, which is probably more than they want to. But you know, that was that was partly because of you know getting behind early, but. Um, yeah, you know, 24, 24 carries for, for 35 yards. Now that's, uh, it's, it's more like, you know, 20 carries for 66 yards. If you, if you take away, you know, what Petrus did, um, which was, which were sacks and, and whatnot, but, um, yeah, another, another very strong performance from this Michigan defense. 
It, it was cl- clear early on they were loading the box and they were prepared for it. I, I wrote going into the game that Michigan really needed to stop the run because, as we've seen, Iowa has basically no passing game other than the tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw it kind of come into play in the second half a little bit. But if you're going to beat Iowa and, and you're going to and you're going to like coast a victory, it's stopping the run. And, and they did a good job in the first half. Um, they had some adjusting to do there in the second. But yeah, defense was. They handled themselves. Uh, you know, you thought maybe for a minute there, uh, Iowa had kind of gotten some momentum and maybe was going to try and make it a close game. But then they they get the pressure and start getting the pressure on the quarterback, something we haven't seen a ton yet uh, lately. And uh, and they put it out, put Iowa out of its misery. So yeah, it was by and large a good a good showing from the defense. Um, you would have liked to see maybe a few points scored by Iowa, but you know it is what it is. They did the job, and you got to remember there was so much pressure and so much talk about this being the first row of game and, and dealing with Kinnick stadium and, and everything else. And I, I thought for, you know, the, the first road game and the first trip, I, I thought, you know, both sides of the ball really handled themselves well. Coverage was a little bit shaky at times, especially from the linebackers. I thought, I, mean, I, th- I didn't think junior Colson had his greatest game. Um, missions tight ends had, had a pretty big day uh, against the, against the Wolverines, uh, nine catches, 108 yards. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some room for improvement there because as we know, like Iowa's pass passing offense was abysmal heading into the game, and they were able to get a, a few big gainers there throughout the, uh, especially in the second half. But yeah, yeah, I mean, they 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 got the job done. Pass rush came through when it needed to, and uh, I, I know earlier in the week that uh, Jim Harbaugh said that uh, Ayabi Oki was going to get more of a run here as the season progressed, and, and he did on on Saturday, and it looks like he's going to be a, a focal point as a pass rusher to, to, uh, moving forward still. I mean, he's starting to to really impress me. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, he, he is. He's starting, like you said, he's starting to get more of an opportunity. I think he's finally starting to in, uh, get comfortable in the defense because, remember, he didn't come in until mid, mid-August. Uh, so he had to get kind of learn on the fly and, and get acclimated and all the like. No, I, I think Michigan brought him in for a reason. I think they they realized they needed some help in pass rush. He provided that, and we really saw it kind of come to fruition on Saturday against Iowa. So I expect them to use him a lot a lot more. Um, I thought Mike Morris showed up well on Saturday. Uh, maybe later in the game than maybe they would have they would have hoped for. But um, you know he he played well too. You mentioned linebackers, and it's a good point. You know if you look look at the grades and Pro Football Focus. Junior Colson did not play well. Michael Barrett tackled well, but coverage-wise was a little shaky. Um, so they do have some work, especially defending the tight end. That's something Michigan really hadn't hadn't seen much, you know, uh, up until this point. Remember, they're going up against a lot of kind of spread offenses that like to move the football and get outside. Iowa's obviously very different, very traditional. So I, uh, I thought they, yeah, they a little shaky defending the tight end, kind of uh, covering the tight end. Um, I expect them to, to improve that a little bit I, and, you know, moving forward, there aren't a ton of teams that are going to do that, you know, maybe Penn state and Illinois. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's a, it was a le- good learning opportunity for them. And I, you know, we'll see uh, how they, uh, respond later in the year. Four and one Illinois. Is that, is that maybe the trap game now for Michigan this year? Yeah, it could be. It's, it's a good point. Illinois did lose to Indiana on week one. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how good they really are, but yeah, I mean, I had a feeling this was coming. Brett Bielema was a good coach. If you look at his track record, he's done relatively well. He knows how to win. Um, and in Illinois, in a wide-open Big Ten West, I mean, it's it's a perfect opportunity for him. So we'll see. Could be, yeah, it could be a trap game. It will be a home game and, and everything else in, in middle of November in between some of those big games. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know if Illinois is as good as a record indicates, but 
um, they're all, certainly off to a good start. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys want to look ahead? Let's do it. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all had ten and two as as regular season, um, you know, picks for Michigan, and I think I said maybe even eleven and one was more likely than than nine and three. Um, and I, I I feel even more strongly about that now. I don't know if you guys are adjusting your kind of expectations for this team now, but you know, this was one of the games going into the season I thought could be a loss. You know, in addition to Ohio State, I said maybe. You know, one of those three with Iowa, Penn State, maybe even even Michigan State. Um, but now I, I just feel differently about those games. Um, you know, it, Penn State, if Michigan can take care of business at Indiana next week, will be a uh, or this week will be that'll be a top ten matchup uh, in in Ann Arbor. Penn State has moved up to tenth in the in the poll now. Um, you know, and and is off this week. So. Yeah, but does anyone? I don't know. Do either of you really think Penn State is better than Michigan? You just mentioned Illinois. Do you really think they're 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 capable of beating Michigan though in Ann Arbor? Like this Michigan team looks, they're they're really humming. They're 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 showing their every bit of the defending Big Ten champs. I I think Penn State's the next test. Now, luckily for Michigan, it comes at home in the Big House, a place where they they tend to play well in those type of games. But I mean, Penn State's very balanced offensively. I I think they've got they like to use the tight ends. They like to get things outside. They got a very experienced quarterback. So I I, I will be curious to see how the defense plays in that game. I'm not sold on this Michigan defense yet. Um, I think they can be good. Um, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Um, so we'll we'll see. I, I I just you know without Michigan being elite defensively, I have a hard time imagining them you know you know winning winning the Big Ten and beating Ohio State. We'll, we'll see. Is the likelihood that they are eleven and zero going to the, going into the Ohio State game a high? Yes, I I think at this point it's primed for them. I mean they very well could be in that situation, but I mean it wouldn't surprise me if they slip off. My my caveat to my ten and two prediction this year was that they would probably lose to Ohio State and then slip up somewhere else. I think originally all of us thought Iowa could be that possibility. Not me. Happen. Yeah, didn't happen. They, they played well. They won the game and everything else. Now that next um, you know, potential slip up, I think, is Penn State. But as I mentioned, Michigan in games that they're supposed to win or you know, against elite competition right. at home, they, they tend to do it. So I, I'm, I'm going to lead Michigan at this point, but Penn State will be interesting to uh, to watch. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, Aaron. I, I don't trust this Michigan defense completely yet. As far as Penn State, I, I'm, I think they're a lot better defensively defensively than I thought they were going to be this year. But yeah, even with Sean Clifford back there, their offense hasn't really lit it up so far. It's It's been more of field position, the defense stepping up. Um, but I, I still think that'll be a tough test. I mean, it's I think that's the one game I said that before the year. I thought Penn State was was going to be the, the toughest challenge for, for Michigan, and I, I still believe that. Um, that's going to be a, a big game, and, and we'll see how how uh, both teams respond in, in that scenario. But yeah, at this point, it's still looking like it could be eleven uh, two undefeated teams heading into uh, that Ohio State weekend, which would be uh, quite the storyline. And then even even nationally, I mean, you know, Michigan holding it at four in the polls, but um, you know, just 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 a frat, you know, a hair in front of Clemson. But you know, some of these other teams, it's not like Alabama; they they had their um, close call against Texas and Georgia now, you know, two weeks in a row, um, you know, not looking great, including, you know, trailing in the fourth quarter against Missouri. Um, so I, you know, you, you can start to start to dream big and start to even think about maybe losing to Ohio state and potentially still getting into the playoff. But again, I think there's, you know, still 14 undefeated teams. Um, there's still, still way too much time to be, to be kind of looking ahead to that. But, um, yeah, Michigan is, is, is in as good a place as it can be. Um, right now and 
goes to Indiana. Um, you know, Michigan, we were just talking all last week about the long drought in Kinnick. It's a much uh, shorter drought, a smaller, shorter losing streak uh, in Indiana, but it is one. They lost their last time they went there, um, but before that had not um, you know, lost to Indiana uh, anywhere since 1987. So overall, uh, just dominance for Michigan over this Indiana program. Um, and, and, you know, heavy favorite again. This week, Indiana started the season um, strong, got that win over Illinois, uh, you know, in one of those week one Big Ten games, um, beat Idaho and Western Kentucky, uh, all of those games at home, um, but then lost at Cincinnati 45-24 and just just gave Nebraska's, uh, you know, first Big Ten win in a year, first win over an FBS program in a year, um, losing 35-21 in that game that uh, they were... Uh, you know, tied at half. Um, and then, you know, just Nebraska dominated the fourth quarter. Um, so I don't know, this Indiana team is not particularly good and it's easy to see why Michigan is a, is a big favorite, but you know, again, the talk will be, you know, focus and not looking ahead to that big Penn state game and riding too high after the Iowa game. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, Indiana tends to be scrappy at, at home. Uh, they'll probably try and keep it competitive. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, this Michigan team just has w- much more talent. This isn't the, the 2020 uh, team that lost to Indiana and Bloomington. I mean, they've just got more talent and they're, they've got they're better coached, I think. So uh, it looks good. Things look good. Michigan's got some stuff to clean up, uh, I think, on both sides of the ball. Um, but, you know, it, it'll be a good uh, a good opportunity again for them to go back. On, they got to go back on the road for a second straight week. So they kind of get that under their belt again. Um, and they, they have more. And it's, you know, it, against inferior competition let's just put it that way so it, they should roll into victory um maybe an opportunity for jj to maybe throw the ball and maybe find his r- rhythm and maybe on some of those deep balls uh but yeah this this shouldn't be much of an issue i, I don't think for the, the wolverines so uh you know 1205 i think kickoff on fox it's the third straight game that fox's uh game of the day their their pre-game show will be um you know at, at michigan's game um so yeah that's uh that's what we got on tap for you this Saturday. We'll be you know, previewing it leading up to the week with all the coverage uh, at a Schembechler Hall. So continue to read that on mlive.com slash Wolverines. And thank you for listening.